Welcome to Rope Access Tips, Tricks and Chats. I'll be your host, Lee Greenwood. In this episode, we're going to have a chat about the tax from our RADA Training Assessment Certification Scheme. There's been an update recently on quite a few points, so I just want to point out what's changed, why they've changed some stuff. It's not a rewrite that they've done. They've just added a load of things in that they've talked about over the last few years through email correspondence and they're bringing the document up to date so that's pretty much where they're at i'm just going to run through them as they come out of the tax give you my take on what's going on and why and hopefully make it a little bit more straightforward for you understand what's going on document has lots of bullet points i'm just going to talk about the section so it'll be section one two four whatever um, and we'll go from there so in section four of the tax in our states to be assessed, you must have a logbook with you and it needs to be completed and filled out. Also in the same section, it mentions direct entry. This is uh, moving from other schemes, uh, people that have got no qualifications coming into the ORATA system. There used to be a direct entry system, but that's now gone. You used to be able to come in and either be assessed to level 2 or to level 3, depending on your skill. There is a conversion uh, scheme that's available to some ticket holders. So if you hold qualifications like soft or ARAA, um, it may be possible to move from those qualifications over to the ORAT qualification. Other things in point 4, you must sign the assessment form before the start of the assessment. So for guys who have done assessments before, you normally sign the document at the end agreeing with the outcome. Now this needs to be signed at the start of the assessment. This is you agreeing to the big list of conditions on the back of the form. So have a read at the back and then sign off on the front at the start of the assessment. 4.8, it's quite a good one. This is about the complaints process. There is a really good complaints process in the IRADA system. If there's something you don't agree with on assessment day, you can put in an official complaint to IRATA, whether it be about the training or the assessment. There is a process there. In the tax, it gives you all the links to how that can be done. Next one is uh, the IRATA qualification. It belongs to you. It doesn't belong to the company. It belongs to you as an individual. Even if the company pays for the qualification, it's still yours. It's in your name. You move companies, it's still your qualification. Another section to do with logbooks. Your logbooks must be maintained and up to date. So that's a big one there. Next big one for guys is, uh, this came in a couple of years ago, but it's now been documented. All assessments must be recorded in the candidate's logbook. Whether you pass or fail the assessment, it needs to be logged in your logbook. Some people aren't that keen on having a failed assessment marked in their logbook. This is a true record of the work that you've undertaken and the qualifications that you've, uh, that you've acquired. So it needs to be marked in there whether it's a pass or a fail. Still in section four here, all entries into your logbook, they need to be on a two week maximum turnaround. So you can't put a month worth of work or six weeks worth of work two-week maximum entries in your logbook. So that's in there now. If you lose your logbook, you need to get a replacement. They're available from Arata. Yep, it's going to cost you some dollars, but that's, uh, that's the issue. My advice to anybody with their logbook, when you get to the bottom of any page, take a photo of it. 
stick it on the cloud somewhere, put it in a file, so you've got a copy of the entry. So if you did lose your logbook, you'd have a, a digital copy of how everything was uh, logged in your logbook. When you get the replacement, hopefully this can be entered into that logbook. Next section, section five in the tax. This is all to do with companies. It's a company's responsibility. We're talking about Arata companies here to ensure that all technicians are qualified, that they hold a qualification, that all Arata level threes have a relevant first aid ticket. This might not be a one day ticket that's required. They may be working in remote places, so it needs to be an appropriate first aid ticket. All of this stuff can be checked on the Arata website. If they're an Arata company, they'll have access to the back end where they can identify who the guys are, make sure the person who's presenting themselves is actually the person in the system. Moving on to section six here. Just has a statement in there saying that Arata may exceed local legislation, but this may not always be the case. There may be local rules that Arata doesn't cover, so you need to make sure as a company that you are covering all of those local legislations as well. Still in section six here. You must follow Annex P. It's one of the Arada annexes to do with the ICOP. This is to do with protection of anchor lines. So you need to make sure that you are following that, avoiding any hazards, removing them, controlling them. That's what we need to do. We're into section seven now at attacks. Third party training. People have been doing this over the years. It is now not permitted for non Arata companies to do any third party training. Next one is, only Arata companies can use the Arata logo. If you are an Arata company, make sure it's got your individual Arata company number on it. You can't just use the generic one from the Arata head office. You need to use the one that's been assigned to you. Still in section seven here, form 006R must be updated if any big changes have happened. If the instructor has changed, if insurances have been updated, if anything's changed within the facility, that document needs to be updated, 006R. It's basically a real quick risk assessment on the venue, making sure that everything's ticked off. This next one here was a bit controversial when it came out uh, a little while ago. Level 3 must be present on assessment day. I think this came about because there were training companies who didn't have any representation on site on assessment day and the candidates were left with the assessor. Obviously, there needs to be rescue cover. Your clients need to be looked after. You know, if there are any people that are failing, need to make sure that they're looked after. So, Arada now says that there must be a level three present on assessment day. Next one here, still in section seven, is to do with the assessment forms. At the end of the assessment, the uh, assessor will fill out the assessment form. There's now two copies. There's a white copy, which stays with the training member company, and there's a yellow copy, which is given to the technician for them to take. This is valid for 60 days from the date of assessment. In that time, the training member company will get all the information sent over to Arata, and they will issue a logbook if you're brand new, or a certificate and an ID card if you're upgrading or revalidating. So everybody will get a certificate and a ID card and if you're a new technician you will get a logbook. Little pro tip here if you're being assessed um, even though you're taking the yellow copy grab a uh, grab your phone and take a photo of the white copy that's the one that's on the top so it's easier to read if you take a photo of that stick it on the cloud then you've got a copy of that for the next 60 days if you do happen to lose the uh, the yellow form. 
if you do fail the assessment you will be issued that yellow form as well and when you come back for um, another go at assessing you need to present that to the assessor on the day so he can see uh, how the previous assessment went. Still kicking on through section 7 here. If you need new documents there is a fee involved. Obviously new logbooks, ID cards, certificates cost some money. There's the administration involved in getting them out to you so there is a fee involved in that. The TMC needs to make sure all the documentation is sent over to Arata within 30 days and 30 days will process everything so that gives us a total of 60 days. Normally this stuff is done a lot quicker than that but that's the limits that are set in the tax. If a TMC does submit stuff late they need to have a documented reason why it's been submitted late as well. This is another point in section 7. And registrations must be done by the training member company, the TMC, who undertook the training. It can't be put into the system by another training member company, it has to be the guys who did the training. And then the last one in section 7 is all TMCs must keep all documents as listed in the tax for a minimum of four years. So assessment forms, question papers, etc. need to be kept for a minimum of four years. Section 9, this is aimed at the assessors. So assessors shall be fully conversant in all of the requirements of the assessment. Sort of makes sense, but they've now got it in the document that it says that. Another one in here came in a couple of years ago. Only our art of assessments are to be undertaken on assessment day. So you can't have a dual assessment happening, a SPRAT assessment happening at the same time as an ORATA assessment, as an example. So that's been closed out now. It needs to be just the ORATA assessment happening. It does also state that other activities can be undertaken in the training centre while an assessment is being undertaken, as long as the ORATA assessment isn't affected by those activities. Still talking about the assessor, they should consider all aspects of the assessment to determine the overall outcome for that individual who is being assessed. So they're looking at the whole assessment holistically, making sure that they are covering all areas of the assessment and making sure that the correct result is given because of the whole assessment they've seen, not just individual points. Last one coming in here, this is to do with candidates wishing to become assessors. Candidates can be selected by ARATA. The minimum entry is you need to have held your level three for a minimum of six years. You need to have training and operational experience. The way that ARATA works with this, I've been involved in a few courses over the years, selection process and all of that stuff. So they work out where there is a need for assessors and then applications are open in that region and people are invited to put their application in and then there's a process with interviews, exams, practical assessments and then a course to work your way through that. Maybe this is a uh, podcast that we could talk about if you guys are interested. How do you go from being a level one all the way through to an assessor? I'm obviously an example of that, having worked my way through the process over the last 20 odd years and uh, got my way all the way up to assessor status. So yeah, if that's something you're interested in, comment below we could definitely put something together also if there's anything you'd like to know about the tax anything you think i haven't covered just let us know below or you can find us on facebook on rope access tips tricks and chats be great to hear from you you guys stay safe speak to you soon cheers